0: This is the Muscles and Management Podcast, where we build your body and your business. Talking all things training, sports performance, and business for athletes and aspiring coaches to enhance your training and better your career. Muscles and Management is brought to you by Challenger Strength with your host, Jerry DiFilippo. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 205 of the Muscles and Management Podcast. Back with you this week again with Mike. Mike, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you doing?
0: Good. I'm excited. we got a lot of good stuff to get to today. Um, Had a video go semi-viral this past week, which is always fun uh, when it comes to things to talk about on the show. Um, And there is actually some drama surrounding it, too. So we can kind of get into that a little bit and some of the stupidities of this profession uh, that continue to rear their head. But um, first and foremost, the newsletter, Challenger Trend newsletter, um, subscriber base keeps building. I actually... Uh, and this was unprovoked. When I called, when I started the Zoom with Mike, he said I, lo- I love the newsletter this week. So I didn't <laughs> ask him what he thought. He came out and said it. Um, the topic this week was about in-season training and the importance of in-season training when it comes to being a young athlete who you know needs to make gains all year round. Uh, what did you like about it, Mike?
1: I mean, just kind of the same theme as why I've been liking all of them recently it's just it it touches it touches like value or presents value. Anyone from a strength coach to even just like a parent trying to have their kid, um, you know, be, get better at their sport. You know, it, it's not filled with a bunch of filler words that don't make sense to a lot of people. It's clear and to the point. And yeah, I just really liked it.
0: No, well, thank you. I'm happy to hear that. And I, I do, what, what you think of it is important to me because Um, I try to liken you a lot to, you know, just my common follower. And Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I also like I've been trying to really like I could easily every week, every day, even go and talk about something I like or something that's like pissing me off and especially really easy on the stuff that's pissing me off. But um, if I could take that stuff and like then teach because of like that topic and expand on it, like that's what I've been trying to do. So like last week we talked about um, I believe last week was about speed and like acceleration and quick feet. Yep, and like I went into a little bit why like it annoys me when people say they want quick feet and how um you know acceleration and building acceleration is a lot different than you think and I went to the physics of that and then like this week's one I talked about um my tips for in season training and like not, not they weren't all even just based on numbers and programs some of them were just like theoretical like philosophy based yeah. mindset type stuff. So I've been trying to do that. I hope you guys are enjoying it as I've talked about, and this could be months down the line, but I am considering making a, uh, keeping this newsletter, making one that is even more, um, you know, direct and has more content for everybody and charging a couple bucks a month for it for Q and A's, you know, answering four to five questions every month and, um, you know, offering a a monthly zoom with all the people that, you know, kind of participate and pay for it. So we'll discuss that in the coming weeks. Um, Last but not least today, because this is going out on a Thursday, this episode, today is your last day um, and you might've already missed it to get your emails in for the change of direction and agility videos and the favorite medicine ball exercises for athletes. So last chance for those, once I send those out on Thursday, those links are getting removed. So if you keep submitting your email to it, you're not going to get anything. So um, I gave it two weeks or even two and a half weeks after saying only one week originally, because people kept on submitting. So I let it go for a while. I think we probably have like 500 people on each one, if not more. Um, so I'm excited to get those out, uh, and I think that covers everything today from an announcement standpoint. Um, check out last week's episode 204 if you haven't already. As I've you know said in the past, go check it out if you missed it. Uh, what are we starting with today, Mike?
1: Well, let's start with uh, the video that went viral.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So if you are unaware, I so here's how all this came about. I like to kind of give the origin story to why I make these breakdowns when I do them, and like what inspires them and that type of stuff. It was uh, last Friday night, right, and I'm sitting on my couch. Um, so a little bit of a personal tidbit. I've been watching Breaking Bad with my parents on the weekends. <laughs> um, I go down the, to the Jersey Shore. They have a house down there, and we'll hang out. And um, any weekend where the rest of my family doesn't come down, like my sister and my nephew, et cetera, and it's just my parents and I we like, will have a quiet weekend, hang out that usually equals like a Friday or Saturday night of me pouring up a couple glasses of uh, my favorite bourbon and watching some TV. They finally allowed me to expose them to the great world that is breaking bad. Have you watched Mike?
1: I've watched. Yes. I actually just re.
0: You just rewatched it. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm getting to watch it again. We're in season two. I'm getting to see it through their eyes, which is fun. And like, mm-hmm. it also makes the experience better for them because like if something confuses them, I could explain it. Cause I know the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, moral of the story, we're watching the show and then I go on my phone on Twitter and I see this picture of Skymore. It's like late Friday night. And there's a reason I'm telling the story. Um, it's late Friday night, maybe like 1030 Eastern time, 11, if not a little later. And I see this picture of Skymore on Twitter and his legs are just like jacked, right? So I'm like, damn, man, I would love to make a video on that. Like, I think that'd be great. But I'm like, obviously, like, can't just make a video out of a picture of the guy's legs being jacked. Like, let me do a little research and see if there's anything out there for content of his training. Right. So now it's like 1130 approaching midnight. And I'm like, I'm so excited to do this breakdown because I go on his I go on YouTube and search Sky Skymore training. And he literally has a video on his own YouTube page that he made. And it's like a whole 12 minute video on his training. So I'm like, this is sick. I can make a video. I can use the picture of him with the jacked legs in the beginning. Like this would be really good. So me being impulsive and wanting to like really get this out and like you know not being patient enough, I'm there at midnight. I'm not even joking. Midnight on Friday, putting this video together and like loving every minute of it. Like I'm I'm laying in my bed just putting this together, just having a good time. Yeah. And uh, I do the voiceover. I put it out. It starts like I could tell right when I post something if it's going to be a bigger video, it starts to like rack up a lot of likes. Um, I think the thing's close, getting close to, like hundred k views on tiktok like it's done pretty well in a week uh not even a week but i put this video together i send it out now you ask yourself i said a lot of positive things I like complimented the training uh
1: Uh-oh. say again i said oh what
0: happened yeah yeah right so like anytime i do something where i say i don't like something i expect the negativity some of it that comes with it right the arguments when you post something that's positive you're like <laughs> what can someone find to complain about, right? Like what could possibly, <laughs> what could possibly be the thing that they're going to complain about this time, right? So I posted. Now, mind you, like I said, Skymore posted the video on his own YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. So he he's the one that put it out there. I didn't make the video and I, I didn't say this is the person he's been training with for 15 years. This singular person running this training is the sole reason he is who he is today. I literally just said, I found some training. Here are my thoughts on the training that I found, right? Mm-hmm. i start getting tags on instagram because i posted on instagram the next day and the video starts going off on instagram and i get a couple tags of the guy who was a trainer in the video um i end up looking at his page we follow each other exchange some messages love his like to stuff really good exchange he's around my age like we hit it off whatever great right i start getting people tagging this other coach in the video now guess who that coach is mike
1: um is it the one that gave you grief recently
0: uh, it is the, the Golden Feet guy that trains Aaron Donald. Oh, really? The two-tenths guy that does like all like the tap dancing. I dance. did not know that. Yeah. So the funny part about that guy is he literally has people, I guess, that are so protective over him. One kid commented on the video I put up saying that I didn't like the training, saying that the guy has placed 8,000 athletes into college and pro football. <laughs> I'm like 8,000 people, really. What's he, what's he, There's like 50 of them. <laughs> right i'm like a kid walking through the facility when you train them doesn't count as you like, right putting them in the nfl running a a couple speed classes in know in a week with a few hundred kids signed up if some of those kids go to the league that's those aren't your your athletes right yep. so anytime i hear that off the bat i'm like this person's just someone that's looking for attention that just cap right to, to quote yeah. the young kids cap all right um so those people start commenting. Actually, shout out to at two tenths fitness, at two tenths, at two tenths. So I'm like, little do these guys know that I've like just I shit on this guy's training like three or four times already, right? Um, like I don't like it. I think it's a gimmick. I think his whole thing is like, you know, trying to make himself look good. That's all he cares about. The guy's bio on Twitter literally says Aaron Donald 99 rating in Madden. Like that, you're just a clown. I'm sorry, right? uh so i start getting dms i he, the a guy himself dms me right and he says like i've been doing this forever i got this nfl guy this nfl guy's dropping names Trained sky for 10 years and he, throw, he sends me a post with a picture of him and whatever and i don't answer it i'm like at first i was angry and i was gonna be like you know oh this is this is all right dude whatever like i didn't you don't own the kid like Actually, I think the training that you sent me is a load of bullshit, and I like this training better. I was thinking of all these different things. And I just ignored it, right? For a half hour, because I was thinking he deletes all the messages before I even get to accept them on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. I get another DM from a guy, and he's like, sends me six YouTube links of videos, I guess, of him doing stuff with this two tense guy, Sky doing stuff with this two tense guy. And I respond back, I'm like, literally, the video was posted by Sky on Sky's YouTube. And my breakdown was of the training in the video that I found. I don't understand like what the problem is here. And he Mm -hmm. blocked me. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't really understand. I I reached out to a couple of colleagues of mine. I won't say their names just out of um, privacy, but a couple of people that trained some very, 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 very high level NFL players. And one of them actually divulged who Sky's longtime consistent coaches. And it's not. The guy that posted the video on YouTube does not claim to be his full-time coach. He just did some stuff with him a little bit. Yeah, so, like, it's, it's not that guy, I don't think. And it's definitely not the 2 tense guy who I think has had him pop through for a couple, like, big class workouts, who mm-hmm. is now trying to claim that he's been training him for 10 years and made him who he is, right? Big red flag right. if a coach is doing that. Like, I've never heard Bobby Stroop go out there and be like, Patrick Mahomes is mine. Everyone knows it, dude. Like, if that's mm-hmm. really your guy, everyone knows it, right? so i just found it funny like i shouldn't have to explain myself or no one should for like doing a breakdown of videos that are posted online and like we're not in this field to be like that's my athlete that's my whatever now there are exceptions like i get it if somebody like posts a picture with your athlete and says like all the work we did got him here like that's kind of scummy but yeah. when someone just takes a video that's posted of a workout with somebody and says their thoughts on it like they're not, they don't have it out for you. And they're not trying to not mention you like that was the video that was posted. And that's what I did. So that's some of the stupid shit you still even have to deal with. Even when you say something is good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that. And then like little things, people nitpicking little things. Like I used a couple clips from him in training camp, diving after balls, making some good catches saying like, he's doing a really good job. Like, let's take a look at his training. And someone was like, I don't know how this training correlates to him making those catches. I'm like, I wasn't making that claim. I was like, I didn't say that question mark. I don't know where that came from or where you got that from, but that's not the point of the video. And the guy just didn't answer. Like, people legitimately just look for shit to complain about. Like, if them agreeing, I guess, is too easy, or like them agreeing doesn't give them a chance to make themselves look good. So they try to disagree with you for that purpose. I'm really convinced of that.
1: Right. Your green just goes under the radar too much.
0: What did I say last week? Like, oh, everyone's saying red, 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 red. And there's four or five prominent coaches giving good explanations of why it's red. So you just want to shout out blue because it'll make you get more attention than being the lesser known person saying why red is great.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, that was another thing that was pissing me off this week, but there wasn't really much to teach you about when it came to that. So I didn't use that for the newsletter. Um, All right. Let's go to some positive things. What do we got for some questions this week? You want a new under question. We'll do tweets first.
1: Okay. Okay. Let's do there's just a couple that I. Do really... You want to touch?
0: I don't know if you have this one, but I would love to uh, continue to flame the cross country community. If you would like to uh, put up the tweet with Charlie Francis, um, it was about like have your all your athletes run, and the most powerful ones will finish last in the mile.
1: Oh, I do have that one. Have all your athletes run a mile. The ones who come last will be your best, most powerful athletes. Yes, I do have that one. Mostly, well, it had a ton of interaction, but mostly because you responded and put this really hurts some feelings.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Like, like, All right. So like, obviously that was a little bit tongue in cheek. I don't want to speak for Charlie Francis, but like, I don't think he truly believes that that's the 1000% the case that every single athlete that finishes last in a mile is going to be your most powerful and fast athletes he's making a point okay when it comes to those who do more steady state activity and those who do team sports or rely on three to five second bursts of activity that are really explosive right
1: yeah
0: generally speaking from what we know someone who like throws a really hard fastball or like i'll give myself as an example i was a bigger baseball player i was over six feet tall 230 pounds in college and i i would run like a 6'8 or six nine sixty at 230 pounds, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is like very, very fast for that size. Mm-hmm. It's 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 above average speed or, or or like 80 to 90th percentile speed in baseball anyway once you're in like the 6'8 range. Yeah. But doing that at 230 is also like very, very impressive. Like my sophomore year of college, I did a 60 against the – who was believed to be fastest kid on the team, center fielder, who I think was like a 6'7 runner who was like 150 pounds Yeah, and I lost by a stride. Mm -hmm. So like I could move. Right. And I was a very, like I had naturally had a lot of fast twitch muscle fibers. I threw the ball really hard without ever really training, like doing any of the velocities type stuff that exists today. I sprinted at fast speeds without ever having a sprint coach or like doing heavy deadlifts or anything like that. Like I had good genetics. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I sucked in long distance running like i would go do long distance running and like if i wasn't practicing at it or like actively running i would we would go run a 6 minute mile test at my first school that i was at and i had no shot it would just i would just get tired really quickly like i could like fly around the, the we had eight laps around the track was a mile i could fly around everybody for one lap and be totally fine and then like just burn out really quickly and that's that's what our like that's what science tells us like that's usually how it works right yeah Whereas the friends that I've had over the course of time that weren't as fast as sprinters could run miles for days. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of the point that he's trying to make is that it's not the best test to determine the effectiveness of a power athlete, which I'm sure a lot of people would agree with. And that if you are a really high jumper or you are a really fast sprinter, you might have a tougher time in a mile than someone who's a little slower than you um but that does a little bit better with steady state activities right so that was my my main point and i'm sure that was what his point was when he said it right Mm -hmm. so now of course you have like the people come in from the cross country community that got a little offended because like they all want to feel like you're saying that their sport isn't hard i'm not saying that i'm saying it's a good it's a hard tough sport it's a lot but it's not a good sport for an athlete that depends on like high levels of quick few second power right yep and naturally this one guy is like (laughs) I'm <laughs> uh, well, like, you're going to tell me some overweight, out of shape kid runs a seven or a 11-minute mile. He's more powerful than the uh, kid that's running a four-and-a-half or a five-minute mile. I'm like, no, dude, that's not the comparison. The comparison, <laughs> is saying, the comparison is saying if you took two athletes and one was not as fast of a sprinter or high of a jumper and the other one was extremely good at both, odds are if they ran the mile, generally, the one that's a little more explosive would burn out a little faster and have a little bit harder of a time. So it's just making the point that it's not a good way to gauge like how effective a team sport athlete is. Yeah. And the guy just kept talking in circles. He had no grasp for energy systems or anything related to that type of stuff. And then of course, naturally there's people that come in that think I just mean that think I'm saying that like you should never do conditioning or anything like that. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's different ways to condition. I've answered the question on that tweet about doing interval based stuff and Conditioning tests that make more sense than running multiple miles. It doesn't mean I'm anti-conditioning. It means I'm anti-stupid conditioning, and that having an athlete run a time mile when they play a team sport is just like not the most ideal thing to do. Yeah, and you know, of course, and I think that runs a four thirty mile is extremely like impressive, right? Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you, put that four thirty miler up against someone who runs in the one hundred, and they will just get dusted in the one hundred. Obvious. That's obvious. The hundred's like that quick, short, like Usain Bolt type sprint. Yeah, they're they're gonna have no shot. And just like the person that runs the one hundred wouldn't do as well in the mile. It just depends right. what you're training for and what you're good at. And I think that was the only point. But like the cross country community continues to try to like justify why you should be doing that. If you want to do cross country and that's your main sport, that is great. But if you're a team sport athlete. Going to run cross country a or using cross country like test to see if you're effective or not are stupid and that was my point on that. So when I, you, what did you think of that?
1: Well, I agree completely. Um <laughs> There was one comment that I laughed about. I won't. I won't respond. Oh, the steroid I, one. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Like there was the rumors or even proved facts that Charlie Francis and his had his athletes do steroids. Like, and yeah. that was the original guy that commented. Like.
1: Oh, that's who—that's the one that I went back and forth with.
0: Yeah, quote unquote, have your okay. best athletes do steroids; they'll be really well,
1: fast. He ha, also ha, ha. has cross country in his spy. Yeah, so. I'm like
0: ha ha, really funny. But like, and I and I laughed. I didn't. I didn't respond back saying, oh, fuck you." I laughed.
1: Yeah, I was like
0: ha ha ha, props. ha. I said ha ha ha, touche.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I um I, I think I acknowledged. I was like, I, I assume you're a cross country guy or something like that. Yeah. Uh, And then that guy just started going back and forth with me, bringing up the most ridiculous examples that just made legitimately no sense. So you're telling me a four and a half mile, um, four and a half minute mile runner is an explosive. I'm like, not like a 100 meter sprinter is. Right. I don't know what's so hard to understand about that. But
1: when you were in high school growing up, did people encourage people like other, like, say you were a football player or a baseball player, did people encourage kids to run cross country in the off season to stay in shape
0: yeah i was told to do i was thinking about this this morning i was told to do it eighth grade i was i played basketball up until like sophomore high school and i was i was a good player i wasn't like a superstar but like i got i I played good defense i was physical grabbed a lot of rebounds like i was a solid player Mm -hmm. and i only stopped playing because i wanted to like put all my focus into baseball once i was going into my uh sophomore year um and i remember like eighth grade uh summer like august My dad and I, my mom talked about like doing cross country in the fall of eighth grade to get me in shape for basketball. Mm -hmm. And of course I got less tired in basketball because I had been used to like running miles and doing stuff. I hated it, but I did it. I I got committed to it for the full year. I did every meet. Like I didn't love it, but I did it. Um, And I started getting like semi decent at it, but I just didn't have the body for it, dude. I was this big, like, dude, when I was in eighth grade, I was like 170 pounds. Right. And I'm like this big kid in eighth grade trying to run <laughs> against these kids that are like a buck 20. I had no shot. <laughs> and I held my own. I did well. But like and that was the thing with me, too, like at, at the end of the race, I would always gain about 10 spots because I was faster than all the kids. And I would just sprint past all of them through the finish line. So I would always, yeah. like, let's say there was one hundred and fifty kids running. I'd be like 80th or 90th and cut off like seven uh, to 10 spots at the end by just sprinting past everybody. I did okay. I had a couple meets where I was feeling good that day and I came in like the top half of the kids. I did okay. But like, I hated it, bro. I I think you should put former
1: cross country runner on your bio. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I, uh, I, I I can go find some pictures of me running. I have the penny on that says uh, my high school is called oratory, oratory cross country (laughs) on my penny. Um, But like I did it. I never did it again after that. And I remember like the track coach trying to get me to do sprints um, and throws in high school because in the fall, um of my junior year i believe i did we had a uh fall kind of like speed and conditioning class run by the track coach at the school mm-hmm. and i did it and like i was really fat like, i could move for my size man Like i'm not exactly exagger- like i could run mm-hmm. um and i remember doing it and he was like wow i didn't know you were that fast like i really would love for you to like get involved and do like a 200 or a 400 or something like i'm 100 i wasn't fast enough for 100 i would have got dusted because like those kids were freaks but like a three or 400 that was like still required speed, but was only like one lap around the track. I think I could have been good at, but I I didn't do it. Moral of the story. But yes, I was told to do that. I was told I had to run, you know, a couple miles to get in shape for pitching. Like if if you've heard about it, I've been, I was told to do it. So yeah. (laughs) Hi there, John. Is that your name? (laughs) Whatever. Are you currently listening to a marketing or business podcast? Then you should check us out. Add to the Bone. It's about digital advertising, ad tech, and programmatic advertising. Trust me, one episode would already make you sound smart. I mean, smarter. Click this ad or search us up on your favorite podcasting app. Are you Add to the Bone? Then you should join us now.
1: All right, let's move on to another one um let's do i don't know i mean just because you've mentioned like the bad things like the tennis ball stuff i think this tweet was pretty cool with the packers um do you know what i'm talking about with the yeah. Waving hands?
0: yeah so um uh, basically I had a oh by the way, I meant to ask you. I'm just sitting here on my phone. Did you ever get one of those bullshit fake, clearly obviously fake emails that your social security number has a suspension on it?
1: Yeah. Well, or like one of those, like a phone call. Yeah, you this, need to like it's call the, the IRS.
0: Like the most bootleg, like <laughs> yeah, whatever, and it has a PDF. Um and it's not even my social security number. It's just really funny. Anyway, <laughs> I just got that. I thought it was funny. Um anyway, yeah. No, so it was this video. They have Packers have their receiver um standing there and they have the other receivers in front waving their arms around and the ball comes through and they're trying to like still find the ball and read the ball even with all the hands kind of getting in the way yeah and i just made the point that like you know if that's if, if you really want to train vision and getting used to catching a ball and like you know adjusting to some of the stuff you're going to deal with in a game that is way more effective than like catching a colored stick or a tennis ball from your pt right like if you want to really meet demands, like in a PT setting, have the guy throw a football at you and put some hands in front of your face. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked it. It was simple. And I, I kind of just wrote that. I was like, this is going to be way better for like the visual and perceptual demands of football. Than, um, you know, catching a tennis ball from your PT. Right. What else you got for me?
1: We don't need to talk about this one. I just wanted to point out that I did not know Shohei Otani was stacked.
0: Oh, yeah, no, dude, he's big. I mean, that's that's baseball sometimes. Like, you got the uniform on, um, got sleeves on it. Like, yeah, if a guy's, like, really, really jacked, like, he also doesn't wear his uniform super tight. Yep. Like, I rolled his Chapman, started kind of leaning into the whole, like, super tight uniform look. Yeah. And, and of course, he's gotten absolutely jacked over the last, like, five years. But, like, Mm -hmm. he wears his sleeves on his uniform, like, super tight. So, like, you really see it. Um, but yeah, no dude, like Shohei, I mean, and Shohei, I'm pretty sure also wears long sleeves under his Jersey a lot.
1: He does. Yeah. He does actually.
0: Yeah. Like when he pitches and stuff, like when you see Giancarlo Stanton get up there, like he's got his arms out and you see the ripples in his, you know, forearms and everything. Yeah, Shohei is, I mean, Shohei's is a big dude. Like, what's he? six Let's look that up. Yeah. I'm not sure. You got it. Or you want me to go. Yeah,
1: I got it. I got it.
0: You got it. Um, yeah. just another fun point for me to say, like. Are you really sure hypertrophy is causing you to not move well, or do you're just not training the right way and prioritizing the right things? Because this guy's pretty yoked and he throws a hundred. So
1: six four, two ten.
0: Okay. I think he weighs a little more than that.
1: Yeah, I do too.
0: I would think more closer to like two twenty five, but I was only an inch off on the height. Like, he's a big boy.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I, I think two twenty five, I don't think two ten is accurate. He's pretty stacked.
1: And, yeah, yeah every so single that, picture of him, he's got sleeves on. So I think that's just a thing. That, that
0: picture is one of my favorite ones, though. Yeah. Like, it speaks really loud.
1: Um, Let's see. We can do – I grabbed a few. So we were talking about sprinting a bit. So you're trying to get faster, but all you're doing is, quotes sprints that have minimal rest in between sprints that aren't full speed because you're too tired and then footwork drills that primarily involve tapping your feet around cones or ladders. That's the problem.
0: Yeah. Just more so harping on the same old stuff that, you know, we always hear, um, you know, Oh, I'm working on my speed or Oh, we're doing speed work today, but the athletes are tired because they don't rest or they're doing like 300 yard shuttles and they're calling that speed work. Like unless I always say this all the time, unless it prioritizes moving at full speed, and max intent or it is focused on you know hammering mechanics you're not working on speed so if you're too tired to exert max speed or too tired to properly work on quality mechanics you're not training for speed right? what's your
1: what's your rule of thumb for how long you rest i just versus... follow the
0: general one that i was always taught six seconds of rest per yard sprinted so like a yeah. ten minute sprint at full speed would get a one minute rest yeah So if you're, like, a baseball player running 60s, you should be getting, uh, what's that, six minutes rest in between? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because people don't realize, man, like, go run a 60-yard dash at full speed and try to do another one just two minutes later, and you're going to be getting, like, 20 yards in and be like, holy shit, I'm gassed.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, And then the last one, just my usual shit with ladders. Like, if you're not putting force into the ground, like, say what you want about ladders being used for warm-ups or, like, you know, getting your proprioception down with foot placement and stuff like that. It's not working on speed. I don't care what you tell me. It's literally not. Oh, but your feet are moving fast. The feet are not doing anything with the ground. It's empty. Like they're just tapping. So like if you're not putting force into the ground, you're not working on speed. So that's, that's what I got for you on that. Um, What do you think? Questions?
1: Yeah. I usually have to questions. Yeah. your mic's cutting out a little bit every once in a while. I don't know if you're far from it or something, just so you know.
0: Uh, it said my internet was a little unstable, but now I think it's good.
1: I just want to let you know. All right, let's go. James Jones says, hi, hi uh, actually, let's do this one first. So, Thomas, hey, coach, I'm a high school strength coach in Connecticut. Love your post and your information. I love the deceleration stuff you recently posted uh, following the Franco and Smith. Um, well, he meant
0: DeFranco, Joe DeFranco. Oh,
1: DeFranco, yeah, and Smithy a lot and really put some good connection stuff with it. What do you think doing a deceleration drill incorporating a basketball? In? I might have said baseball, but I meant basketball. Acceleration drill incorporating a basketball into it. He would speed dribble, decelerate, sink his hips, and then possibly have to make a crossover move once he came.
0: Um, I would say if you are a basketball coach and you know the proper mechanics of movements in basketball, it could be an option. Yeah. But I think the biggest problem is if you try to implement a sport, a ball or a tool in as a strength and performance coach and you're not super familiar with the movements, I think it could become a problem. Um, I think there's a time and a place like I think it's there's time to, you know, just work on doing your deceleration based stuff and training your body to be able to like slow down and move effectively. And there's a time to apply that on the court with the ball in your hands. So like. I think you can make an argument for it, but it's not going to be like the first thing that I would do. Um, If you are a basketball coach and now you're like on the court and you're having athletes do stuff like with a ball that focuses on stopping and more attentively, that's one thing. But like it starts to get a little dicey when a strength coach starts bringing a basketball into the room and like you're on the turf and everything just has a ball in your hands. Like I don't think it's any more specific if you have a ball in your hands, if it's like not pretty identical to the speeds and like, surface and you know um intensities of the the sport itself if that makes sense
1: yeah okay that's um, my take on that cool next one hypertrophy training is extremely underrated yes why uh get a young athlete bigger and watch what it does for their company so he, he
0: was reposting my tweet
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: Yep. so that was a then, tweet that i put up yep
1: yep and then then he goes on to say how young is young how can you achieve such gains with boys who are just turning 11 and 13 this week? Or is it just a product of getting stronger in the onset of puberty?
0: Yeah, I would say when they're younger, focus more on the actual actual like 1 to 5 rep strength based stuff and like let that build some muscle. Um and once they start going through puberty, the actual hypertrophy work and have more of a benefit. But until that happens, you're not going to get as much out of it as they will just from like the motor unit of recruitment and like force building type stuff. Yeah. So the biggest thing I say is like, if you have an untrained athlete, that's 11, 12 or 13 years old and they train two or three times a week and everything is five reps or less, they're still going to get jacked. Yep. Like I've seen it. We've seen it here. Like if they train consistently, they're going to build muscle. So like my point of that overall tweet was just don't underestimate hypertrophy or getting bigger in terms of like what it can do for the confidence of a young athlete. I don't think that necessarily means like the young athletes have to be training in a hypertrophy type window. It's more so saying like, don't underestimate like that, impact that particular effect can have on them
1: yeah makes sense
0: like achieving building muscular size can do a lot for them i guess was my overall point Mm -hmm. when it comes to actually deciding to specifically train it let the athlete train for a year or so or like get a little like into that 14 15 year old age or even 13 is probably fine to start like you can start getting into some higher rep stuff to complement the strength-based training but when they're in that younger age bracket, they're not going to get as much of it as they will till they start going through puberty. So um, yeah. I will start them with five reps or less, good tempos and stuff like that. And if they're untrained, it's still going to build some pretty good muscle if they're eating right.
1: Cool. Good one stuff. more? Yeah, one more. Uh, hey, I just recently started listening to your podcast and instantly became hooked. What is your opinion on contrast training and how often, if at all, do you use it with your athletes?
0: Yeah, so I would say you use it more than you think in the sense of, like, if you have your athletes do loaded sprints and then unloaded sprints in their training, even if they're not stacked back-to-back, that's still, like, a version of contrast training. Um, Same thing with jumps. If you have your athletes do loaded jumps, a couple sets, and then do their unloaded jumps afterwards, you're still getting some of that effect. It's not the direct pairing of, like, loaded jump, brief rest, and then jump afterwards, but it's still somewhat of that idea. Um, Personally speaking, when it comes to, like, the actual, like, pairing the exercises together and getting after them. I do like to leave it closer to when the season starts so that we're kind of firing on all cylinders um, going into the start of the year. Um, I do think now after like doing some more thought, giving some more thought on the whole, like making sure athletes are still revved up come playoff time and the stretch run, like it could even be a good idea to mix a week of it in um, as you get later in the season For the from the power standpoint. I do think the more advanced athletes you deal with, um, can utilize it for longer periods of time or can utilize it earlier. Like maybe a, you know, freshman in college, I might only use it with a couple of weeks before they go out into the start of their season. But like, you know, a, a more advanced athlete that is like really spent a lot of time training. And it's kind of like reached the limit of the benefits they're going to get in terms of improving their numbers and like a vertical or a sprint time from just general training means. Like mm-hmm. I think contrast training can en- end up becoming a bigger part of their training for a longer chunk of time. So like, a more advanced athlete might, uh, might like spend a few months doing a loaded sled spin right into a regular sprint afterward versus only a couple weeks at the end of their training. If that makes sense. Yeah. Cause they're going to need that extra stimulus to get the results you want because of the amount of time they've been training and how high their output already is. Mm-hmm. So like, I think you could start to expand how long you use it. It doesn't, that's, but like, that's the thing. It doesn't contrast training doesn't always mean like I'm doing contrast training right now. So like all three or four of the, the things I'm doing are going to be paired together as contrast. Like, we have time periods where we do that. We're doing it right now with my, with our athletes for two weeks that are going into hockey season. Yeah. But I think it doesn't mean you can't be doing like your sprints or jumps in that fashion for three months of the off season and still mixing that in with traditional strength work. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think as your athletes get more advanced, you can start to use it for, for longer durations of time. Maybe not as me- not as much of the focus of what you're doing, but it can be implemented more because they're going to need that to get the results because they've trained for so long. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So that's my take on it. Um, I've really been getting into lately doing like groupings for like three exercises. So like using a true more strength-based stimulus, like today we just did it this morning. Um, We had the athletes do a heavier sled drag for like six yards. And then they went into right into a sprinter position. iso pull on the front side. They rested a minute and then they sprinted. So I kind of like giving them that like strength stimulus first. Then we isolate the movement and get a quick ISO onto the um, the front side. That's going to be the one that's pushing off in the sprint. And then you go from there. That's kind of been something I've enjoyed doing. Obviously, you can still get a good benefit out of just your, your typical, for example, with sprints like loaded sled sprint right into a regular sprint. It's going to still have its benefit. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the three, three-tiered three approach can also be good when it comes to, like, positionally isolating different things um, and going from, like, strength more to, like, power in the middle to then pure speed at the end and kind of working, you know, across the spectrum that way. So uh, yeah. what do you think, Did I answer that pretty good?
1: Yeah. Yeah, really well.
0: All right. Um, I think that's it for this week. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that and it was productive and helpful to you. Like I always say, I love when you guys – Share the show on your Instagram story or retweet it or anything, um, you know, uh, all the above. It's definitely something I like that we do that. So uh, keep doing it. If something helps you and you want to share with everybody, let them know. Um, You know, questions, feedback, comments, whatever, are always welcome. Um, And I guess we'll just talk to you guys next week. Mike, have anything to add? I don't think so. All right. Awesome. Uh, Guys, I hope you enjoyed, like I said, and we will be back with you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Muscles in Management brought to you by Challenger Strength. I'm your host, Jared D. Filippo, signing off from the show that's changing how we view sports performance, training, and business.